Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 120 for Tuesday, September 21st. Oh man, that's such a nice number, isn't it? I'm Alex Uwe. I'm here with Ray Estrada, and we've got another postseason race podcast for you guys today. That's pretty much all we're going to be talking about, but boy, are these some tight races. We're just going to we're just going to riff about all the uh, all the craziness that's been going on, and it's going to be a wild couple weeks ahead that we'll go ahead and preview as well. So yeah, before we dive right in, I want to remind you guys that you should follow us at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to let us know what you think about all the stuff that we're talking about. If you have ideas about things that you want to hear about, or if you just want to say hi, that's the place to do it, at BeatTheShiftBP. All right. Let's get this going. Ray, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It, it's just the two of us. You can you can afford us a little bit longer than one word answer if you if you choose today. No. No? Okay. All right. Then I'm sorry for asking. Let's let's talk baseball. We should probably start with a topic that you are probably really really happy about. And that would be the Padres absolutely imploding. It was not really a tight race involving the Padres for quite some time. That belongs to the Giants and Dodgers over there in the NL West and in its own right is crazy entertaining. We might talk about it a little bit, although we did get into it uh, quite a bit last week. But the Padres, man, are they even going to finish over 500? Are they going to make the wild card in the National League? There's I, I didn't consider the 500 question, but yeah, they're... We're getting that time third. of the year. Right? Yeah. They're now the third team out of the wild card. Uh you have Cincinnati and Philadelphia sitting there at three and three and a half back, I think, respectively. I mean St. Louis just keeps winning. They've won nine straight. But I mean, yeah, the Padres Machado was yelling at Tatis after Tatis flipped out over a strike call and uh on one that Jace Tingler got ejected for for arguing. And and there's an athletic article that we don't have a resident athletic subscriber for boat here to to have read it for us. But how do we not have I the athletic? In... <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> from the, from the first couple of paragraphs I was able to read, and from the headline, it doesn't sound like the players are too happy with Jace Tingler. Um, and oh, yeah, no. this is a full meltdown mode. And you know, the Padres could, yeah, I guess, not finish above five hundred. And look, be looking for a new manager. If uh, I mean, are you going to get rid of the manager, or are you going to get rid of a couple three hundred million dollar guys? Um, Eric Hosmer, who they're paying a lot to suck, and uh, yeah, this pitching staff that is constantly hurt and or bad. So it's it's a little rough. They already scapegoated Larry Rostrell, and that clearly worked out uh, well for them. So excited to see what uh, AJ Preller comes up with next. Yeah, and you know the drama's fun, and all it's it it adds a nice perspective and and a little bit of explanation, or at least on the service level, to why the Padres are so bad. At the end of the day, they just they just don't have the guys to get the job done. Like everybody there, healthy or injured, just hasn't been getting the job done. Okay, Fernando Tatis, he's probably getting the job done. Jay Cronenworth. He's been streaky, probably getting the job done. 
Machado, yeah, he's he's been he's been fine. Nobody else though, really on that whole diamond. You named a lot of them, is really getting the job done, and you can't really do that when you've got you, you know a lot of really good teams contending for for two wild card spots. Really, one wild card spot at this point. Yeah, which they're not out of either. They're seventy six and seventy three, right now. The Cardinals just took it to them. The Cardinals are 80 and 69 for that second wild card. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Um, so they're not out of it. And they'll probably finish over 500 because they but they have to win five more games to get to 500. And they there's two weeks left. So, like, you know, probably we'll get there. But it doesn't look good when you have one of your your leaders, really, having to in a not so subtle way chew out your superstar in the dugout and that's just you know that there's there's layers to it right and the content of what was being yelled is important because Machado's not there to bring down Tatis he's there to remind him that he doesn't have to worry about his own performance like he's here to help his team win like it's not about you is what essentially was being yelled at him go play baseball it's not about you everybody out there knows you're the best player on the field so go play baseball which is a good message right like he has nothing to prove to the people like it's it's only about winning at least for them Right. Like there's there's more to it for us from like an entertainment standpoint, of course. But, you know, like if if his attitude is going to be the way it is, if he's not going to have his head in the game, then he's not going to get the job done. So, yeah, <laughs> that's and, that's really all it is. Yeah. And, you know, it, clearly his head was in the game when he dropped a routine pop fly and then passed up two easy outs to try and get an out at home and led to a five-run inning look that the next day that kind of stuff happens right it happens to everybody big leaguers yeah it does and like it it really can't happen in situations like that especially but you know i i don't doubt that this way that tatis has been feeling is i don't think yesterday was the first time that he's displayed this kind of body language but it's certainly the first time machado's had to yeah. Yell well, at I, him. I guess that it kind of started with in front the bench of everybody. coach trying to talk to Tatis about that. And then Tatis and the bench coach were um, having a discussion, and then Machado had to get involved. When Machado has to be the adult in the room, I I mean, I don't mean a ton of disrespect to Machado, but if Machado has to be the adult in the room and the veteran presence, I, there's something off with the makeup of your, of your yeah. team. And that's something interesting too. You you touched on like the article there and you know discussion around what was really happening with Machado yelling at Tatis because if you just look at you know photos of it, it looks like he's just there chewing him out. But no, I think Machado's taken really important steps since being in San Diego to mature and become a leader. And I think he understands that things that he did as a young player were really, really just out of line and stupid. And that's not a formula for success. So, you know, props to him. You know, maybe 
better ways to handle it, whatever it may be. Like he's he's taking it upon himself and he's not the one, you know, pouting and throwing bats at third baseman anymore um, like he was, you know, five years ago or whatever, however long ago it was. I, I, the Padres, like people are in full panic mode just about the construction of this team. And I think it's something that you've talked about a lot, too, in in this year where it was supposed to be the Dodgers versus the Padres in this in the beginning of what will be this epic rivalry and the Padres are are stacking their rotation with former Cy Young award winners and, and aces of their own. And they never really got to the point to where the Dodgers are. It it looked like they could potentially because their farm system was still very good. But, you know, this year especially, they don't really have it. So, I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's it's something that people are overreacting to in the other direction now, now that they're falling apart, where it's like, man, the Padres really don't have the makeup to to compete moving forward? Or is it just kind of like, you um, know what, you take your losses this year, but they're still a really good organization with a, with the in a good position to put out a very scary roster. I I, th- I think they have the ability to, to have a very scary roster, but I think, um, I mean, they were a good third-place team. Like, this wild card should have been wrapped up in a way a while ago, and all of a sudden, the Dodgers have separated themselves from the rest of the pack because the Padres have fallen off. And, yeah, I, I don't hate the makeup of their team. I think a lot of it is just kind of, like, they don't think about fit too much. They just kind of grab a guy like, oh, we, li- we like that guy. We're going to have him. He's going to play. He's going to be good. And, you know, some of those moves work. Sometimes they don't. Um, Adam Frazier was their big deadline splash. That hasn't worked at all. Yeah. And it and and then they, I mean, they got Daniel Hudson. That was their only other deadline move. And so it's it's just kind of, they haven't been that team yet. Like, they, they made strides in 2020. It was a short season. They needed all three games to beat the Cardinals in the in the extra wild card round. And then they got swept by the Dodgers. And so they thought they were going to come into this year, challenge. And it seemed like the, the entire organization's focus was on beating the Dodgers, beating the Dodgers, beating the Dodgers. And then as soon as they were a third-place team, a good third-place team for you know pretty much all year, they – as soon as they hit a little slump, they really just fell off a cliff. Like the and then the division became out of reach, and now the wild card is is looking slim. I think Fangraph said their chances at five and a half percent to make the postseason. Mm. So, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of mental stuff with the team. It's obviously it's a lot of bad baseball, but there's a mental aspect. Of, it it's hard to you know to be in third place a lot and just kind of keep trailing it keep trailing teams but if you're hyper focused on catching one team and then there's a surprise team like the giants who's up there they i don't i kind of want to say they they panicked and just had no idea what to do and then just kind of ran out of gas uh these past couple months Mm -hmm. they definitely ran out of gas that's for sure um it's just too much too much void in their lineup with their pitching, well, their pitching especially has been decimated by underperformance and injury now too. So, 
you know, that's that's just never really going to work. Um, you know, I think when healthy, they still have a very good yeah. staff. And bullp- their bullpen is still one of the best. But, man, you, you look at a guy like Will Myers, who last year sprouted up with a 60-game season of, of mid-900s OPS production, and now he's back to, you know... Oh, like very okay, like sub eight hundred OPS, like not great with the glove. He's just kind of, he's just kind of there. And then you already mentioned Eric Hosmer, who is literally a void at first base, and especially compared On to both last sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. He like when you have somebody out there who puts up negative production, it really is noticeable <laughs> because there's only. There's only eight spots out there on the field for guys that for position players that that you can you can put in your lineup effectively. So yeah, Eric Hosmer was also very much an anomaly last year. His OPS is like what is it, 120 points lower more than that than last year. So they're just not getting it done. And I don't think they can rely on these guys to get it done either. So you talk about moving Eric Hosmer, get him out of there. Just it's I think it's what it will take to be yeah. good. But 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 what it sounds like um, from other stuff that I've seen is that they didn't the clubhouse didn't like the fact that they were discussing a Hosmer trade after they uh, acquired Frazier. I'm sure the clubhouse they, likes Eric Hosmer as a person. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes having trade discussions about their own guys like they're not supposed to like it but you know they need some help jay cronenworth has been really really great you know compared to what he was even projected to be like he's been a very very good surprise they have still plenty of pieces in the minor leagues that they can they can turn to it seems so i I don't know they just don't have it they it's not a it's not an upset it's not a disappointment they weren't there at the beginning of the year the giants came out of nowhere and did what they did and the padres were just left kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs so you know there's that they didn't get max scherzer (laughs) no they did not despite what rosenthal uh some some out there still holding out hope that rosenthal was right uh, Max Scherzer's been pitching better than he's ever <laughs> pitched in his entire career, if you can believe that, over the last month with the Dodgers, which, of course, he has. So, has he hasn't given up an earned run in, like, 33 and a third straight innings, I think? Earned runs? Haven't heard of him. Yeah. It's uh, his last five starts, 36 and two-thirds innings, no earned runs, as you said. 48 strikeouts to three walks, 14 hits. Yeah, Man. That's uh, that's unreal. Yep. Oh, and to add things, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Trey Turner has as many hits as a Dodger this season as Cody Bellinger does. And if you remember, Trey Turner came over also about a month ago. So, <laughs> or a little, I guess it's longer now, <laughs> but uh, Yeah. That's that's fun. That's neat. It's fun times. Yeah. I do you have anything to add about you know the the NL West stuff? I mean the the Giants and Braves played an unbelievably exciting series this past weekend on their side of things. 
Um, yeah. The Dodgers um, right there. Dodgers right there. Game back. They don't play each other uh, for the rest of the year, which is a terrible schedule. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess as a Dodgers fan, I got to rely on the Padres this week. They did split a series with them last week. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's hard when you basically have to sweep just a game, a game or two. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll certainly be an exciting last two weeks. Uh, Dodgers actually finished with Milwaukee on the season. That's probably their next toughest series. I forget. I think they played, but just a bunch of NL West teams for the most part. The fodder coming down the stretch. So the the Diamondbacks yeah. and, and Rockies down there. Although the Rockies beat them two out of three last time, so who knows? The Rockies playing good baseball somehow. I don't know how. Rockies could Rockies could conceivably finish third with a good finish in the NL West and the Padres could. Could falling. I think they're only like six games apart. Uh yeah. Yeah, they are. Six games separating. Um and the Rockies are are something else too, aren't they? I I don't know. <laughs> But we, uh, you know, we talked about the Cardinals a little bit too. Nine in a row now. I think that's the most devil magic, the longest win streak they've had since two thousand four. What I read. So oh. they look like they can do it. The Reds are there too. The Reds are right there behind them, a couple games back, and the Phillies are, you know, they're they're closer to the Braves at the top of their division than they are to the Cardinals. The wild card, so I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of tight races that are boiling down over there. So I don't know. The American League side just just gives me so much anxiety because <laughs> as a Yankees fan, I we're, I'm used to the the ebbs and flows of the season that are turned into enormous mountains and the deepest of deep trenches just going along with, with how the team is doing. But we're still technically in fourth place. And we have to play all three of the teams ahead in the last two weeks of the season. So I don't know about that again. Like, yeah, and that's the thing too. The A's and the Mariners are both right there. So if any of these AL East teams slip up, they're just gonna they're just gonna slide right in and uh, and say thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll take that second wild card. Could you imagine if they take both? If like all oh, the, that would be hilarious. If, if all of these AL East teams just beat up on each other and the A's, uh, I want to look at the A's and Mariners schedules and see if if they're gonna have a. They're tough playing going. each other right now, I think, which is um intriguing yeah they are so you know outside of this series let's see they they actually play each other again next week so i I don't think that's happening i don't think both of them are making it in just with that schedule i I, I forget if we talked about it on the podcast or not but like i hate the way mlb's done scheduling this year where like teams play each other within like like seven days later yeah, and I mean, especially teams that play each other twice a year. Like it's not like the dot. You know, the the Mets had that gauntlet stretch where they played the Dodgers and Giants. You know, alternating, and it's like that's not fun. 
I like, I, I think I said like, the same things before. Like, I get it, but especially for the players, they're probably like, oh, this sucks. They're not yeah. please make it stop. Yeah, but it's it's like it's like when you have a team, you know, like Dodgers Mets, like they they meet each other twice a year, home and away. It's it's kind of nice to have a little break in between like um, series. Like the teams are have a different makeup, obviously, or you know, usually, and you normally don't line up the same pitching matchups when you when you play uh not the same schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I yeah, and I think a lot of it really is just for. The sake of narratives and ease of consumption. Like, if you're a fan of your team and you just watch your team play on TV, and it, it makes it a little easier to to learn the opposing team when, when you see them with, you know, a week apart versus three months apart. You, you have no idea who they're playing again because you've completely forgotten. Um, and it's the same That's thing. The fun of it, though. No, but like I'm just saying for for casual consumption and ease of watching, yeah. it's easier to build there. Like, you know, this team just took two of three against us last week. Now and then like, can they bounce back? Can they take it? to It's like so much easier to to build up the. Uh, you know, the the whole series, really, yeah. versus like they like the this team took it to us back in April. Can we get our revenge? Like that's april like i i did are are you sure that happened like i don't remember that happening uh (laughs) like that's why that's the reason why like i understand like as a player you're probably like jesus christ can we pull can we get some variety like i'm sick of seeing you know the same the same pitchers the same bullpen guys like two weeks in a row or maybe they like it maybe it's a little less research for them they can just you know they remember it from last week (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) they don't have to jump around in the curriculum for for their video homework that they got to do i don't know a lot of a lot of perspectives to take in there but it, again uh to to harp on that point a little bit more the a's have this current four game series versus the mariners they have the astros over the weekend they have the mariners again next week uh away uh this time and then they'll have the astros the following weekend again also away <laughs> so it's all Mariners and Astros all the way down. It's just such a dumb schedule. Yeah. And the Giants and Dodgers don't play each other in September. Okay, well, to be fair, the schedule makers probably weren't anticipating the Giants being a playoff contender uh, no, going toe to toe with the I'm Dodgers not... for that. <laughs> they, they did have to make these in but advance. In, but in general, like, you know, this is the second biggest rivalry you would say in, in MLB. You'd at least hope to put one or two series in September for them. Well, they have a Padre series because that really was the more hyped matchup. Like, I think they before have, the season yeah, started, they, they still have one more Padre series. Okay, well at least they have that. Um, that's good. Yeah, and then the Mariners also they have the same, you know, same games against the A's, of course, and then the Angels instead of the Astros on both of those weekends to finish up so i'm i'd be way more stoked if i was the mariners right about now because boy you you might even get some you might even have shohei otani shut down from pitching by this point and man like you're you're just loving life that's the uh the already eliminated angels by the way from playoff contention it is official so i don't dude the mariners 
officially official. The Mariners might be having a fun time the rest of the way if they can take it to Oakland. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Also, Mariners will be hosting the 2023 All-Star game. Well, that's cool. We'll take that. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything, any outsider's insight? That, that was a weird way to say that. Any outsider perspective <laughs> on the AL East and who looks like the most likely to make it in because I, I can't offer non-biased perspective here, I don't think. I mean, from an outsider's perspective, the Blue Jays have been the best team of late, but like there's not a whole lot to separate at the moment. So, you know, a, you know, one or two games could knock you out of the playoffs. And especially if, you know, the Yankees are playing all those three uh, three teams ahead of them. So, and the Blue, Blue Jays are playing the Rays right now. It's 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 going to be nuts. Um, I I think this week might separate depending upon who plays each other. I know the Yankees play everybody, but um, I don't know. Well, I'll let it, you know it, just I, just so we don't have to guess. Yeah, the Red Sox they they're playing the Mets just for a pair of games here during this week. So you know who knows what the Mets are going to do. Nobody ever knows. <laughs> they got a big series against the Yankees. Um this weekend at Fenway. And then they get to play the Orioles and the Nationals. So <laughs> to finish up the year. Uh we need the we need the birds to to come to life a little bit and play some spoiler. Uh if you're a Yankees fan that is. And then on the Blue Jays side of things, let me pull up their schedule. Just so there's no guessing. You you'd have thought yeah, that I already had this right open, now. huh? That's where you're wrong. <laughs> you know, we do an hour of research, and you know, we charge fifty to hundred bucks for an mm -hmm. appearance. So, yeah, we're on top of it. Right. So they are in the midst of a Rays series, a big series against them, and then they have the Twins on the road, the Yankees. Uh, that's that's their next one, and then the Orioles. So a much easier couple of series there with the Twins and Orioles, also. The Blue Jays side, that's looking great for the Yankees right now. <laughs> and then, yeah, just to... And then the Yankees. Which, as I mentioned, involves playing... all three of the teams yeah. ahead of them. Uh, we have the Rangers and right the Rangers now. Currently. The Rangers currently, they really need to just take the easy ones because then it's Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay to finish it all up. Oh boy, what a time to be alive. This is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to the wildcard game at the Odako. Wait, what? <laughs> uh the uh, Ace Odako Coliseum. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Do do you think like okay, I think the if any if either of those teams is going to do anything, it's probably going to be the Mariners just yes considering that i don't know which i i'd feel okay with just throw the mariners a bone but the a's are like masters at the backdoor um playoff push mm, that's true yeah we shall see we shall see uh do we have anything else noteworthy to talk about salvador perez not playoff contending but he is now the 
or that was a weird way of saying it. He has the most home runs in a single season by any catcher in Major League history. That's a long time. Major League history is a long time. That's a long time. He's got forty six. Record stood for that record stood for fifty one years by Johnny Bench, forty five home runs. Yeah, I guess if if Mike Piazza didn't do it, then there really hasn't been any any catchers that looked poised to do so since then because <laughs> catching is still a pitiful offensive position if you didn't know it remains true in salvador perez even even then with his 46 homers and a million rbis still has like a 330 on base somehow which is like okay like dude take a pitch every so often i don't know <laughs> it's clearly working for him this year uh you know, we can't tell him what to do, but that's really I mean, cool. He's been, he even last year he was fine. It's just that like he missed those those couple years before with two freak injuries. Yeah, he he's always been just rock solid there, and you know has always put up production in his own unique way has not really improved any single facet of his game he just mashes and you know this year he's mashed a lot more than in the past that's always what he's done is just hit a lot of homers and play way more than any other catcher in the league basically and that usually carries him to where he needs to go but yeah, this season, 317 on-base percentage, actually. I was giving him too much credit. So... Take a pitch. That's still well above his career average, by the way. <laughs> his career 302 <laughs> on-base percentage. Ooh. 270 career batting average, which is good. And only 32 <laughs> points higher that, in his that... career on on-base. <laughs> Dude... <laughs> Oh my gosh, he swings. He really does swing when he swings. Uh, but anyway, that's pretty cool. And another thing that was pretty cool in this uh, in this series that I alluded to earlier with the Braves and the Giants, very fun series overall. Uh, this game was a day game on Sunday. Eddie Rosario hit for the cycle, and he only saw five pitches the entire day. And four of them went for... A home run, a triple, a double, and a single. Not in that order, but uh, he was wasting no time the entire day. So, good for him. The ball, hit ball. The Braves really did, at the deadline, go all in and said, give me all of the streakiest players that, that you got. And hopefully they get hot at the right time. <laughs> they are hot right now. If you didn't notice, Adam Duvall, yeah. Adam Duvall is crushing right now. Adam, Eddie Adam Rosario, Duvall, who they non-tendered this offseason. Yep. <laughs> They're like, come back and do that thing that you do where you hit home runs every day. He's like, fine. He won 480-something feet today, too, in Arizona. Yeah, that was stupid. And uh, uh, Jorge, Jorge Soler, Soler for a while. Is he injured right now? No, he let off today. Oh, never mind then. Um, I guess he got cold again. Because I don't think he's been he's still, nearly as hot. He's still getting on like a 330 clip, I think I saw. That's since since coming to the Salvador break, so. Perez could never. Uh that's <laughs> you know, he's uh he's very capable of just going on an absolute tear. He did for a while. 
at least when he was with the Braves. So that was their plan, was we'll take the streakiest guys, and we only need them to be good for a little bit. And hopefully they are. And if not, oh well. You know, this division sucks anyway. We still might win. And they very well could. The Phillies, the Phillies are close, but uh, they are, again, the Braves at 78 wins, leading the, the East. And the Dodgers with 96 wins now on the season. Second place, their own division. So something's off between something wrong is, is going on there. Uh, that's not to say the Braves aren't good. It worked. Their plan has worked thus far. Yeah. Okay. It's nice playing in a division where you know, like the the better teams or that are constructed well just are known for just being like really underwhelming franchises in the Phillies and uh, Mets. So it's it's nice. It's comforting for the Braves. Yeah, the Braves really. There's there's so little pressure over there. <laughs> what do you think about it and even when like the nationals are are very staunchly in rebuild mode and it's like all right we really got nothing to worry about because these other teams they'll find a way to to do themselves and we don't even have to do much um so that's that's a very different <laughs> and, and brand then of baseball. The marlins. and there's the marlins right which is like you, you always said just... barehanded catch today i did see that that's not something you see every day <laughs> it wasn't no. a very elegantly routed uh ball no. in the outfield but hey he recovered and he was like shocked when he caught it i would be too if i if i did that in a game so that's kind of cool they walked off on a wild pitch today too the barlins are fun they're a team that you gotta like keep in your <laughs> rear view mirror you gotta look at them every so often and just check like are they getting really good no not quite okay they got they no. got a really good farm oh, system they did, they did this cool thing yeah <laughs> They have a good farm system again. Okay, well, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, yeah. All right. I think that's a good place for us to end it for today. Unless you have anything, any last second things to add here. Uh, no, I think we're good. We're good for today. All righty. Well, that is that is it for us. Uh, thank you everybody for sticking with us this far. If you uh, you are still here. Make sure to uh, leave a leave a review, leave a like, leave a comment wherever you're listening. And once again, make sure to follow us at Beat the Shift BP on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Best way to you know get connect with us. We want to connect with you guys. So uh, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and give that a look as well. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks everybody one last time. As always, Ray. Peace.